we finally have our collection of wide receivers back. Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, those are the two young cats. And uh, Samari Toure, do you think the, the future could be potentially somewhat bright for Samari Toure on this Packers roster? Oh, I think he definitely has a a spot on the roster next year. Just look at how the roster is for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> He's one of three wide receivers that currently is 100% under contract going into next season. So yeah. Yeah, and I young. think he, yeah, I think he's pretty safe, especially because he's shown some flashes, making a couple big catches, some tough <laughs> catches. And uh, when you're talking about receivers, normally they know they're keeping five, six, maybe in some years, seven. Yep. I'm going to say because only three are under contract, he's probably pretty safe. I would agree with you on that one. Now the young wide receiving core, Aaron Rodgers has talked about this, uh, you know, in the preseason and in the, start of the season that his longevity with the Green Bay Packers coincides with potentially the development of one Christian Watson, uh, Romeo Dobbs we see, and hell, I mean, he gave Samari Toure a nickname, Captain Casual. Well, it wasn't a good nickname in camp. Rodgers then came out and said, well, I haven't been calling him Captain Casual uh, much at all anymore because he's actually been looking pretty damn good. So with the emergence of Christian Watson, we have Romeo Dobbs now back from the high ankle sprain and had the most catches um, on Monday Night Football against the L.A. Rams. When we look at these guys and we look at Aaron Rodgers, Rowdy, I know you're in the same wavelength, in the same tree that I am. We want Rodgers to be here, what, two, maybe three more years to how the contract all plays out here? And then with these wide receivers, why wouldn't you want Aaron Rodgers back? Well, if you look at his exact contract, it looks like he'll probably be around if he decides to for two more seasons after this year. Me personally, with how old he is, how his body looks, how his uh, throwing of the football is, I think he could probably play at a really high level for three more years. Three so, yeah. more years. But so, again, regardless of if you're splitting hairs about two, three, however many years you want to, it means I would prefer him to be the quarterback next season for the Green Bay Packers. And these weapons they have, I mean, what do we... Obviously, you look at Christian Watson and his emergence. The dude's fast as all hell. Has got, what, seven receiving touchdowns, uh, eight with the count the rushing one, and then Samari Toure coming back. With these receivers... Now, we haven't seen much of Samari Toure besides a handful of passes, but with these two receivers we have these rookie wide receivers how does the future look for this young wide receiving core for the green bay packers rowdy and then you got the draft coming up i know you've been looking at the draft when it comes to uh, the packers now if the packers you know don't make the playoffs they're going to have a better high draft pick obviously not as high as if they were to lose out but with the two christian watson romeo dobbs the potential of aaron Rodgers coming back and then the draft class coming up what do you feel and how do you feel about the uh, longevity and the offense, specifically wide receivers for the Green Bay Packers on the horizon here? Well, I don't know what to say about the draft because <laughs> is Goody and the Green Bay Packers actually going to spend a high Prob- draft pick on a wide not. receiver? Probably not. Now, if you look at their roster and and who should be under contract coming up next season and their their salary cap, you would imagine that they're set at quarterback. Yep. You would imagine that they're set at running back. Yep. Offensive line at this point, Bakhtiari's probably back with the Green Bay Packers because when he's played, he's been really good. And since they allowed him to play full time every snap, he really hasn't missed a game or, or much of stuff until the appendix. And that's out of anyone's control. That could happen to anybody at any time. It happen right now to you or I. Yeah, so I mean... Pendix burst. Once he finally got on the field and they allowed him to play every snap, he was actually pretty darn good. Like, he was, again, a top 10 left tackle in the NFL. So I think getting rid of him for the, the money that you would save probably isn't worth it. You'd probably look to get rid of him in two years. Yeah. So basically what I'm saying is Elton Jenkins is a guy that needs to get inked up, but those are your only two question marks. The offensive line will be the exact same. So you got the quarterback, the running back, and the offensive line rooms that should look pretty similar going into next season. You look at the defensive side of the ball, your edge rushers should look the same. Your inside linebackers should look the same. Your corners, for the most part, should look the same. You're going to lose a couple guys on the defensive line and Jaron Reed and uh, Dean Lowry. 
And then you're going to potentially, well, you're going to probably lose Adrian Amos. Yeah, smash. And I guess what I'm getting at here is the only positions that I could really think of big time needs where you're going to need an impact player to come in and play next year is going to be wide receiver, tight end, defensive line, and safety. Do you think Brian Gutekunst, if there's only four positions, would still go for a wide receiver in the first round? No. And it also depends on where they're picking. Now, <laughs> no, this, won't. this wide receiver draft is not as deep. They are not as deep at wide receiver as the last three drafts have been. Yep. Now, last time I looked, there was two or three wide receivers that were projected to go in the first round. Uh, the kid from TCU, Johnston, he was the one closest to the Green Bay Packers. Silky pick. Johnston. But Silky this Johnston. this draft is extremely deep at tight end. Another big need for the Green Bay Packers. Mm. Yeah, and they definitely need that. I mean, how long is how many how many one year deals is Mercedes Lewis going to keep getting well, to, I mean, to catch three passes a year? Here's, throw a couple here's your tight end room. Mercedes Lewis is an unrestricted free agent. Maybe he signs another one year deal. <laughs> how is he thirty? Is he thirty eight? Bob Tunyon, Big Bob. He's got he to test is the market. an unrestricted free agent. He can test the market. Now, I don't think he's going to draw too much money. I mean, has he really done anything this year coming off of the ACL? Not really. I don't think he's going to command a ton of money. But, yes, he is on the open market. You have Josiah DeGuara, who will be under contract. And then you have Tyler Davis, who will be a restricted free agent. So if the Packers wanted him back, they could have him back for cheap. Yeah. That's it, though. I remember they thought they were going to cut his ass to start the season. That's it. That's it. So technically, the only guarantee is Josiah DeGuara. Yeah. Outside of that, I mean, it's a gamble. It's a up in the air. So you have one tight, tight end under contract, and you have three wide receivers under contract for next year. Yeah. And those wide receivers are Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Samari Toure. <laughs> Listen to this wide receiver core that started the season for the Packers. Now, it's changed a little bit, but it's still kind of the same. Alan Lazard, the perceived number one, four years, 45 games. This is the start of the, the season this year. Sammy Watkins, nine years, 100 games. He's cut. I think the Baltimore Ravens just picked him up. Actually. Yeah, the Baltimore Ravens, their uh, their receiving core right now is pretty brutal. Yeah. Randall Cobb. Aaron Rodgers brought him back. 12 years, 143 games, was injured for a good chunk. Had some good catches this season when he was available. Uh, Christian Watson. Isn't that Randall Cobb's career? Yeah. <laughs> Had some good catches when he's available. Christian Watson, rookie. Romeo Dobbs, rookie. Now those two have been tearing it up. Amari Rodgers. He was cut and now a Houston Texans. In fact, I don't think he caught more than, I think he had more fumbles than he had catches. Fumbling oh, yeah. for the oh, special yeah. teams. And then Samari Toure. A rookie. That was the wide receiving core coming into the season. It's just less now. <laughs> but the emergence of one's um, a Romeo Dobbs back from the high ankle sprain and the emergence of Christian Watson, Rodgers was talking about it, and he was pretty stoked about what they had in those two guys. Here's a, a little clip from Aaron Rodgers yesterday. I was happy to get him out there. He, he's a very crisp route runner. You know, they were asking me about the difference between Christian and, and Rome's this week. And uh, Rome's has always been a little bit more polished to, of a route runner. Uh, Christian is just so explosive. So I thought Matt did a good job of giving Romeo some routes where we needed his uh, his crispness uh, on the routes. And then, you know, giving Christian opportunities to use his speed, which we've basically been doing. So, I mean, Rogers. Loving the two, uh, you know, loving these two rookie wide receivers, Rowdy. So uh, the future could potentially look bright. Now, I don't know what the free agent market's going to look like. Our guy Grass on uh, Twitch says the it's a pretty rough free agent wide receiver class as well, according to the top 100 that he saw. So Brian Gudekunst is going to have his work cut out from him. Uh, for him coming up here um, when it comes to, you know, after the season and how this Packers roster is going to look next year. It all stems on, I guess, what happens with one Aaron Rodgers. Although uh, they kind of turned the keys over to Jordan Love. I don't know. It's going to be very It just doesn't make sense from their contracts. No, If they're going to do anything and Jordan Love is going to be the starting quarterback next year for the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers needs to be back. can't eat that much dead cap money if he walks away or if they decide to cut. Like, no. If he retires, how does that work? If he retires, he still gets a lot of... Because he gets that guaranteed, right? 
So, I mean, <laughs> there's I mean, no Rogers way. Rodgers has the power. There's here. no way they move him unless they trade him. But uh, doesn't he have trade clauses? I think so, yeah. Doesn't I mean, Rodgers, for power, Rowdy, who who holds most of the hand here, the power? That would be Aaron Rodgers. It's Aaron Charles Rodgers. You know who doesn't? Jordan Love. Jordan Love has no hand. So when he asks to be traded? <laughs> they, they can laugh at him. Exactly. So Jeff Passan just put out this tweet about an hour ago. <laughs> Oh, I have it saved, yeah. I have it. I have it. Since free agency began, the Mets have signed, and their total amount of money dished out, $806.1 million. No, that's still less than the amount of people who showed up to Oh, I have a a different Jeff Passon tweet for you. (laughs) Carlos Correa for 315. Brandon Nimmo for 162. Edwin Diaz for 102. Justin Verlander, 86.6. Uh, Kodai Senga for 75. He's one of the prized Japanese players coming over. And then Jose Quintana, 26 million. Omar Narvaez, 15 million. LOL. Uh, Adam Atevino, uh, 14 and a half million. And David Robertson, 10 million. Here's another Jeff Passon tweet for you, Rowdy. The New York Mets current payroll is estimated to be around $384 million. The luxury tax payments alone will exceed 111 million, so that total payroll projects to be 495 mil. The previous max payroll in baseball was less than 350 million. The Mets are almost at half a billion. What do the Brewers sit at? <laughs> the Brewers payroll 98,000. No, the Brewers payroll going into all the ARB deals was like 112 million. There you go. The okay. Brewers, the Brewers have never gotten to 140 million. Is it the have and the have-nots, or is it the willing to spend and the unwilling to spend? Correct. Or both? No, no I think it's, it's I think it's both. Yeah, I mean the Brewers, you as a team that always is top 15 and above for attendance. Yep. They once said, "If you build it, they will come." Well, if you build the roster bigger, more people will come. Right to American Family Field. It's just what the TV market. Is the uh, yeah the anchor and, around the neck? And unlike every other league, there's no real revenue sharing. There's no real, hey, we're actually a league. It's we want the big markets to do well so the so, league itself can say it's doing well. And, and we don't have to open the books at all, so you guys can't tell us one way or another unless some guy who used to work in an MLB front office and then the league – front office comes on and says, oh, yeah, no, they have like billions of dollars just sitting there and they don't want to show you it. Well, here's my reasoning. So if Mark (laughs) Ananasio is going to cry broke or cry poor, how come sports franchises don't really get bought and sold all the time? Great question. Families are always rising and falling in America. Like learn that one from the departed. My my reasoning would be like, okay, well, either you're making a ton of money because you're no. never willing to sell. They're and, clearly not making any money, Nelson. Yeah, they're broke. And like, look at the value that he bought the Brewers for, yeah. and now what it is estimated at. So whether you're making or losing money, you can turn around and sell it tomorrow if you're in that bad of shape and okay. you're going to make a ton of money. Or if you really were losing that much money, you would open up your finances and show everyone, oh my God, look at we're losing all this money. And then still probably as a rich businessman, use it as a tax write-off for your other businesses. Yeah. So there's no way that this is hurting you. It's or you not. would or you would sell it. Oh, absolutely. You're like it's one of those, yeah. It's which makes you believe it's more the side of I just don't want to spend money cuz I can make more than. Yeah. Well, no, he, he bought 11% stake in some freaking like do I really team. Do the Milwaukee Brewers have the same amount of money coming in through the TV markets and through all that other stuff compared to like the Dodgers and the Mets and the Yankees? No. And we all know that, no, but does no. that mean you can't shell out 10, 15, 20 million to go pay for one singular player? They spent zero money so far. Zero monies. Yeah, exactly. Zero. They spent zero and, monies. And I don't know if you guys saw, but last night, Brandon Jury 
who was on one of the six guys that was on my list that I would have been interested in the Milwaukee Brewers signing that wasn't a Carlos Correa, Justin Verlander type player because <laughs> we know that's not even a possibility, especially not with this ownership group. No, no. Um, think about this. He went for two years, $17 million to the Los Angeles Angels. I actually thought that he would be closer to $10 million. So... That, in my opinion, was actually a pretty solid deal for the Los Angeles Angels. What, they got him for like $8.5 million? Let's think about this real quick. For $8.5 million a year, you could have signed a Brandon Drury who could play first, third, a little bit of second, and maybe some corner outfield. He was a versatile player. He could hit you 20 to 30 bombs a year, and he could play average defense. You were unwilling to pay eight and a half million dollars per year. And it's not like this was like some five, 10 year deal. It was, would have been for two years to help with Bryce Terang, who has not played one single inning at the major league level right now that Toro, the guy that is maybe going to be penciled in between second and third and who, who God knows where. He has hardly played any real legit big league ball. And Luis Arias has played less than three seasons of big league baseball. And those are right now are the guys you are currently juggling at second and third. Eight and a half million dollars per year for that guy. But, but wait, but wait, there's more last year. You paid eight and a half million dollars for Andrew McCutcheon, a guy that is five years older than what Brandon jury was a guy that isn't as versatile. He clearly could only play outfield and he wasn't a center fielder anymore. And not only was he not a center fielder, but he was a guy that couldn't consistently play outfield every day. And you wanted to use him as a DH when you already had a Keston Hira type player on this roster that would have thrived in the DH position. But because Mark and Antanasio saw him as a guy that he wanted, he was willing to pay $8.5 million for a washed up Andrew McCutcheon who could not play every day in the outfield. But he's unwilling to pay for a 30-year-old Brandon Jury that could play every day, hit 30 bombs, and and actually play above average defense. Um, McCutcheon, average defense at best. The 30 home run days were well gone. And the playing every day is well gone. But yet you were were willing to pay 8.5 for him? Mark Ananasio needs to stay out of baseball stuff. <laughs> like get seriously, go live on your Island and then touch in for tap in for an interview once in a while. I don't want you anywhere near making player moves. This is also a franchise he bought that was valued around $208 million. Yeah, there's nothing it. peanuts. It's now 1.2. This is over a bill. I will right, we'll get more into it. Line three. Good morning. Are we getting an early start at Festivus, Rowdy? It's a Festivus. I, I guess that was, I guess, a little bit into my feelings for Mark Ananasio. Oh, we're not done with Mark Ananasio. Don't you worry. We're coming back at him today. Oh. Well, Ananasio, I think, looks at us like the cows. And when he needs some more milk, he just comes out and milks the cows. It's kind of like the government, when they are short on money, is coming and say, Give us another thousand dollars a year. On well, your actually, property. I think we're just starting to give them over a trillion dollars coming up here. But locally, yeah. which is where it all really starts, yeah. in my eyes. Yeah, my taxes. The, Yahoo, just went up, you know? the Yahoo's a thousand miles away really don't have as much of an impact on your life as you think they do. They're just more annoying. But <laughs> I digress. So, Antonasio, you know, I think uh, he thinks he's pulling the wool over our eyes, basically. And we're just like I said, you know. At least they got the X Golf there, and um, you know now they got the four one force or whatever. Yeah, I was going to bring this up. The four one force. We need Rowdy to uh, apply. Whatever. I don't even know what that is. It seems like it's going to be the hype man. Is that basically what it is, or what? I don't even know. We'll what get it. Is. We'll get into it. We need Rowdy to get an application. Have you seen the four one force, Rowdy? I I was sent it yesterday, and oh, his emails from no the interest. <laughs> so essentially, the luxury tax for the Mets is going to be what the Brewers' whole payroll is, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. 
the Brewers payroll will go up because once those ARB deals come up, you'll have the increases from, you know, say Burns is making six million last year and he'll you know probably make like ten to twelve this upcoming year. So it'll be an increase in six for his salary and right down the line. But yeah. But so but in relation to like what we're talking about in terms of these the Mets guys and stuff, it's a pittance compared to what they're. It'll expecting. easily, Corey, be at least their luxury tax will be at least seventy to seventy five percent of what the Brewers payroll is. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh boy. Well, <laughs> there's not much to say after that. That feels a lot yeah, like. Uh, yeah. Hey, early 90s here's style. the thing. Mark Adonazio, Corey, isn't pulling the wool over our eyes. He knows that we, we see everything going on, and he can just blindly F us, just much like the government. Yeah. We all see what's happening, no... but they still bend you over and give it to you. Unwillingly. We're unwilling participants. Yeah, I mean, uh, not really much left to say, I guess, on that. Adonazio, he's kind of got us by the short and curlies. And... Yeah. You know, what else are you going to do in summer is basically what he's saying. Like, what are you, what are, you know, what else are you going to do? Well, you have many lakes. Um, You know, there's beautiful, uh, you know, parks. Right right now, Corey, um, the. And I agree. The luxury tax for the Mets would be over three times what the Oakland Athletics uh, payroll is. (laughs) Wow. They're in a tough spot out there, man. Imagine being on that team. The stadium's falling apart. They don't. They can't spend any money at all. Yeah. Ooh, hey, Corey, scene. Uh, you're, yeah. you're, you're, I, uh, I value your weather advice much more than many people on the television. What, what's happening here at Snowmageddon? I don't know. Snowmageddon's kind of a little bit over the top if they were saying right, snow that. Snow it's, it's going to be like probably five or six inches of snow. But again, like I was saying yesterday, it's more the wind and the cold that's yeah. a pain in the ass. Yeah. It's not as much snow like if you're in western Minnesota, they got blizzard warnings and stuff out there, which is kind of funky, but there's not as much moisture coming in on the backside of this storm, so that's why we're not going to get as much snow as we were. Because of, because of it being so yeah, because of it being so cold outside, it doesn't hold as much um, in the air. So there's a little bit of science for you. Yeah. There you go. The backside moisture. Yeah. Adonazio could at least give us the pleasure of having a moist backside instead of it's a dry nope, backside. It's a dry. You know, that's what it is. Corey, <laughs> some, some would call it. Are you to you people, and you're going to hear about it now? Yeah, it's a, a best event for the rest of us. We love you, Corey. Get the steel pole out. All right, take see, it easy, guys. See, ben, what's going on, dude? Yeah, nothing much. National Signing Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mari Snowden, noon. Uh, yeah, Snowden. yeah, that's really the only Wisconsin angle. The rest is. Wisconsin's not in on the big guys this year. So, Ben, this is how I break down his recruitment. He has five players on his list. Now, Amari Snowden is a four-star wide receiver, defensive back. He originally committed to Cincinnati, has since decommitted and reopened his recruiting. Wisconsin fell second on his list, also a big baseball player. Now, if you looked at his list, I'm sure you have. But the list is Cincinnati, Wisconsin, West Virginia, Colorado and Howard. Now, if he's that big of a baseball guy, Colorado doesn't have a baseball program. Wisconsin doesn't have a baseball program. And Howard does not have a baseball program. Wisconsin has a club program. That leaves West Virginia and Cincinnati. Now, he already committed to Cincinnati and then decommitted to open his recruiting process. So I think they're kind of out of the question. I think he either commits to West Virginia because they still offer both. And if he if he really felt like he was strong with Cincinnati, he wouldn't have decommitted there. So I think it's West Virginia or I think uh, Wisconsin is the top of his list. They already finished second. And if he's really throwing baseball to the side, it's probably number one. He's going to commit to Wisconsin. And I think crystal balls were saying like 80% to Wisconsin. Uh, we'll talk more Wisconsin football coming up here. Graham Mertz just got uh, committed to Florida, I think. I do believe this would be Flow Rider. The song Whistle. Can you blow my whistle, baby? I think there's some connotations there of Flow Rider. I'm, I'm not really quite sure. Florida? I've seen Flow Rider in concert. No, not 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 Flow Rider. Floor uh, the song Whistle. Of course, you can blow my whistle, baby. Yes, I've I've seen Florida in concert. I remember way back. <laughs> Scott was the one that called him Florida. That's what it was. Scott, our music trivia guy, called in and he kept calling him Florida. I said, Scott, no, no, it's Flow Rider. It's a play on words. 
He also has the state of Florida tattooed on his back. How was Flo Rida in concert, Ben? Yeah. Good, I think. Long you think? Ago. Was it a bit? Was he a big, like, um, auto-tune guy? I feel like he'd be an auto-tune guy. I think he just guy. raps over the yeah, track. I don't, I don't remember. So, Ben and Rowdy, the reason why I'm playing Flo Rida, or as some call him Florida, Graham Mertz has committed to Florida. And the message boards in Florida are ecstatic for one grammar. So let me read a couple for you. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Delray Gata says, as a walk-on, please, Lord, let it be a walk-on. Uh, P.A. Gator says, yeah, he better not be our plan for starter or we're absolutely cooked. Let's see here. Uh, O2 Spoilers in Florida says, this must be what a fatal diagnosis feels like. Uh, another message here. A dog. This is from Jay Holmes. Dog. He's the worst portal quarterback available. He sucked in an offense that was geared to run the ball. Now, let's see here. Jumpman407 says, Billy better be renting. Uh, let's see here. Colin Gator says, this coaching staff for Florida can drink bleach if this is true. <laughs> and is uh, head coach, by the way, Billy Napier. Yeah. And then uh, another one says, fold the program. It's dead. This is all after the news of Grammar. It's going to Florida. Yeah, and if you watch their bowl game, so Anthony Richardson was their starting quarterback all year. He's projected to be a first-round pick. Their backup, John Kitna's son. Yeah, he's done. He's cooked. Yeah, he's, he's cooked in prison. child pornography. And then uh, it was, what, Miller was the third stringer who was a former Ohio State quarterback. But if you watched that bowl game, that Florida team was bad. Ben, Mertz to Florida? Well, they had, I, yeah. I, they didn't really have an interest in playing, and half their team opted out. It's it's an interesting fit. I thought him at Kentucky would work. Very similar pro style to Wisconsin. He's going to ask to do similar things. Florida's weird. He is going to be surrounded by a ridiculous amount of talent. Their running back room is full of young studs. They have great wide receivers. I think he could have a have a big year if it all works. No, but, I hope he succeeds. I hope he does well. We'll see. They're they're bringing in a five star true freshman that I don't think will be ready. And they also have that kid Jack Miller from Ohio State from years ago. Mertz will probably win the job. He'll probably be okay. Florida, obviously in the SEC, I don't see them accomplishing that much next season. And then uh, we'll see where it goes. It's a one year stopgap. Though uh, message board culture is quite hilarious. Yeah, how was you when I walked into the office uh, about an hour ago? You said you were searching the message boards of Florida. How was it looking? Oh, it's I okay, it's similar exactly, to what I was reading. It's exactly what you read. It's message board culture is definitely the healthiest subset of our society. See now, there and, is one thing that's for sure about Graham Mertz. When he came to Wisconsin. He had the opportunity to maybe be one of the best Wisconsin quarterbacks in the history of the program. With him transferring to Florida, no shot. My guy, Tim Tebow, no shot. Timothy. Graham Mertz is just going to be another horny brook in the state of Florida. Did did Graham Mertz have a chance to be the best quarterback ever? I would say by the hype, yeah. I, but the players around him? Like that first, the, the teams around him have, have not been that stellar. Like... Jack Cohn was surrounded by a lot more talent than Graham Mertz ever was. I don't know. Uh, Danny Davis, Kendrick Pryor, did they not catch on practice squads? Well, Quintez Cephas is actually Quint- on an active roster. Yeah. Quintez Cephas? But still, what I'm saying touchdowns. is how many wide receivers from Wisconsin just in general are even practice squad worthy? Uh, I mean, a good amount of them are practice squad worthy throughout Chimere time. DK, he's probably going to be a practice squad quality Alex player. Alex Erickson stuck around in the league. Like, there have been guys. Erickson's still in the league. best of them yeah. over recent memory. Erickson's on the Commanders, I think. He had Jake Ferguson. He's on the Cowboys. The line was never good. I just, like, yeah, he had a chance because he was a highly rated recruit, but it's not as if he was surrounded by a Russell Wilson or... Do you think Mertz succeeds in Florida? Joel Stave team. No. Well, the the bar is going to be set too high. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll have a good. I don't read the message boards. Not really set high at all. Oh no! But that once the year starts, like at Florida, their expectations are sky high. Always are because okay. they've won national titles. And it's the second year of Billy Napier. Will the swamp eat him alive? Uh, it, we'll see. He won't have to play in the cold, which did plague him. Right when it was cold and windy, he struggled. 
It'll be warm down there. Is it warm in Kansas? It can get cold in Kansas. Yeah, can it? But when at Wisconsin, like that Nebraska game and the Iowa game this year, and frankly, the Minnesota game, like the, the cold weather affected the throws. So we got to play them in somewhere warm. Coddle. Man, you're too much of a Graham Mertz apologist. Just let him go. Just <laughs> no, let him go. I'm not apologizing. I'm just trying to. You've been called an enabler on Twitch. Um, I, I'm just contextualizing all of it. Is that what it is? Yeah. Four O's or three OCs in as many years, a bad line. He didn't play well and he didn't live up to expectations, but the program as a whole was. Hey, we'll always have that Illinois game, baby. We can never take that away from us yeah. or Mertz. Well, and Graham Mertz won't be facing many defenses as bad as that Illinois defense. So there you go. And he's got gear still up for sale. Not even not Could you even imagine? Discounted. Could you just imagine him playing against, like, I don't know, the Georgia defense, the Bama defense, the LSU defense? Hell, he could barely play against Big Ten defenses. <laughs> yeah. Says Illinois. Well, I, think if I, was, I think if I was Graham Mertz, I might have actually listened to your advice, Ben. I think I would have went Big 12 or Pac-12 where the defenses are trash. Yeah, West Virginia. That yeah. was my fit. I actually... Listen to last night's Kenny and Heilprin. I said something about Graham Mertz that uh, people might be interested in. I don't know if I should disclose it. Off air then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you off air. Line one, who's this? Mertz, is that you? Graham? Sasquatch Mike, guys. One second, Sasquatch. Graham Mertz, is this you? Line two? No, not Graham. Calling from south. Give you the Uh, big Illini update. Tony! What's up, dude? Hey. Hey, you see what the morons did? Extended the contract with uh, the... And gave him a raise. Was it six year? years? Was it six years? I'm not sure, but another million a year. Yeah, yeah. he's up to six Tony, million now. Tony, he's got to eat. The man's got to well, eat, follow- okay? Got to have more money for him. Yeah, following that announcement, Uber Eats put on three more cars. <laughs> they are not going to be able to keep up. <laughs> well done, Tony. You get that you get that whale another million a year to toss around. <laughs> Holy cow! In Moby Dick, who's Ahab? Let's go. Yeah. So, no, not much going on. I just want to let you know they're all excited, juiced about their one bowl game, and a, and they actually keep saying it on the radio their first one since I don't know two thousand eight or something. Yeah. What would you bring that up? Don't point that out. To hey, people. well, you gotta celebrate. You gotta start somewhere, right? You gotta start somewhere with a great pumpkin. I guess so. Nope. Excited about the Wisconsin one. I'll pass on the Illini. You got it. You got it. Tony, have a great Christmas, my man. Yeah, Yeah, you too. You know who that, don't quote me, but I think that 2008 year was uh, the Ron Zook Juice Williams. I think you're right. All right, over the weekend, a report was out of one Aaron Charles Rogers that uh, he confuses wide receivers, uh, makes life difficult for them because he has so many hand signals. Uh, that are off record, not written down. It's like, you know, you need the Rosetta Stone to figure it out or the Ayahuasca Stone that for Rodgers to figure out. And that, uh, you know, there's what? who else is on that article saying that, like, they dreaded that day when it was hand, hand signal quiz time, yada, yada, yada. It was uh, an article from The Athletic that I was like, I can't believe people read or pay to read this stuff. And to me, Rowdy, the, it was perceived to me as kind of like a hit piece a little bit. Uh, one Aaron Rodgers and a lot of people on Twitter. Now, maybe it may not have been a, per se a hit piece, but a lot of people on Twitter that are anti Rodgers really ran with it to see. See, this is why Aaron Rodgers is a scumbag. This is why he stinks. Yeah, the four time MVP, Super Bowl winner, one of the best quarterbacks, the best quarterback rating of all time, a shoe in for the Hall of Fame. Uh, he makes things difficult on people. He, yeah, he's a loser because he has hand signals. Rodgers responded to it uh, yesterday. We'll get to it. But first, our guy, the king of the north, Terry, what's up, dude? Evo, I got about three things for you. Yeah. Number one, I went to the store yesterday. Yeah, how'd the town begging for 10 bucks go? It actually was thirteen forty nine. And what I did was I went to one of the cashiers. I explained to her what I was going to do. They wouldn't let me video it. They wouldn't let me put it on a cell phone. I wanted, to, I wanted to send a copy of it to you. And so what I kept doing was getting us the other line. 54th person. 54th? 54th gave me, well, they didn't give me cash, but they told me to go ahead and run it ahead of theirs, and they put it on their card. Oh, that's nice of them. So what I did then was said, no, I don't want it. I always wanted to do this. I gave them 250 bucks in cash, and I paid for their groceries. You like Terry she Claus. Was 72, she was 72 years old. Oh, a sweetheart. She could hardly walk. She had one of those walker-type carts. You're not the ones you ride on, but the ones that got like a walker and a little yeah, basket. Yeah, put the tennis balls on it? 
Yeah. yeah. You know? And um, so anyway, the guys that I was with, after we did that, we all went out for lunch. And we got listening to your show at the end about tipping or about giving people who stand on corners holding signs. Yeah, at the stops, uh, the intersections, yeah. And my friends went off on this because my friends, when they go out for lunch, don't tip. They don't tip they when think, they go out? Wow. No, because they think it's like giving it to a person standing on a corner. Mm, you got some tough friends they, there. They feel, why give someone money they love? They, would you, and here's the, no, I disagree with all this, by the way. But do you, would you tip your gross? Would you go to Quick Trip? Do you throw them an extra 20? No. Not at all. When you go get your car repaired, you throw them an extra ten. No, is I'm already getting bent over need... anyways when my car gets repaired. Yeah. So is it because what is the minimum wage for a set down waitress? Two uh, bucks an hour. It's 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 in I don't know what it is, but it's in the single digits. Why don't they just pay a minimum wage and get it over with? I don't know. You have to that's that's actually with tips. Said. Like my my wife when she uh she would make you know whatever it was like three or four bucks, and then with tips she was coming out over like twenty something dollars an hour with tips. It's pretty. Oh nice. sure, oh sure. My well, my buddy says, look, if I got to pay thirty dollars for a dinner, I got to tip fifteen. Why don't I just pay forty five and pay? Well, see, salary? then I should say your buddy probably shouldn't go out to eat. That's interesting because I'll tell you that raised up a thing. I highly oh. doubt that you tip your mechanic. I well, there may be a guy or two that does it. Um, Shaq claimed one time, which I don't know if I buy or not. He gave a big tip one time at a restaurant where he—it's what he said on the air anyway. I I've don't never know heard of anyone that. tipping a mechanic. That's interesting. Do you tip your mechanic? Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. No, because most people do it on the card. And I also agree with you—you you tip in cash because yeah, what I was also cash. told on this was, and I've asked several people that's on the north side who work for well, kind of work for you. I'll say work for tips. And that is that a lot of places agree they take 10% of their paycheck out that day. And then they make whatever they make, they make. Some, some split with the cooks. Some don't split with the cooks. Yep, you know, depends on the it all depends on the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last thing I want to talk about is this play with a wide receiver and the referee with, um, with uh, I believe it was the Giants or was it the Redskins that weren't called for not having enough men at the line of the goal line. Oh, when he looked at the ref and the ref gave him the thumbs up to say he was set and then threw the flag when he wasn't? Was that the one? What normally happens to most games, and I'll say 95% includes college, high school, and pro, the first thing the coaches want to know is which officials are on their side. And then what will happen is the receivers will all go to that referee and tell them, we'll do a thumbs up if I'm on the line, and I'll do nothing if I'm off. You can obviously see the one referee putting his thumb up. So the one player, and also they do the same thing as holding. You'll see, see, this is what happens when you get to a game early. And people who just are not watched looking around at the women. Because if people don't know, Terry is, Terry is a prolific referee. Terry, that, that is correct, right? Right. And you go watch the referees, a lot of the linemen go to the umpire. And you can see what they're talking about. I've had, I've had, I know some of these referees. I've had lunch with them. I went to their clinics. Um, matter of fact, I even have a list of my uh, of referees sitting next to my chair. Terry. When I watch a game on Sunday. Because when when they call this defensive holding, yeah. which I think is the worst call in football, this yeah. five yard right. thing, yeah, yeah. I want to see how many years of experience officials had that made that call. In the NFL, I bet you a lot. Terry, I have a question for you. It just hit me. I mean, yeah. you you are hands down probably the best referee in Wisconsin. I'm, I'm not even joking. My question okay. to you, Terry, is: Yes. After you get done, just absolutely calling a phenomenal, clean game, do the players tip you? Do the coaches tip you? <laughs> I will say you this: a couple of a couple of. Uh, what is that for? You know, helping out the spread. What if I tipped you before the game? Do you think I could get a few calls? Yeah, I'm willing to take any and all donations at any time. Terry, uh, Terry, if you're reffing, if I ever have a kid and you're reffing, I'll tip you before the game, brother. You know what I'm saying? I okay. think it's funny because people have joked about that. You know, the problem is what most fans don't understand, especially in the younger level. They don't understand what the word advantage means. You're still tipping your referee. Yeah, you know what? Look, I'm sure. Well, they didn't say that. What that one NBA guy got tipped, didn't he? Yeah, tipped Donnie. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot. Look, do I think there's buyouts in sports? I think there's a game. Actually, I don't think he was getting tipped. He was getting threatened. If you don't do this, we're going to break your knees. I think there's um, an official or a player, (laughs) and only one, every week in every game that has been bought out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get that. Every week of every game, someone. Now it's only one play. Yeah, well, hey, they need a lot of people because people can't keep their mouth shut. Ter, uh, I will keep my mouth shut if I ever tip you uh, before a game. Okay, I'm glad that your social experiment, you know, kind of worked out and you helped out some old lady with a, a walker. So that's nice of you. That's some nice little holiday proves, I just think it proves in general when it comes to money 
And so, you know, can imagine somebody would even thought I was homeless. It's just funny how we how we judge people. Yep. Never judge a book by its cover, Terror. Until you need help. You know, it's funny when 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 you need help, all of a sudden things because it's something as simple as a bungee strap. You just think it's funny. You know, and I'll tell you what bothers me is most of my friends all get up on Sunday morning and go to church and get on one knee. And, and then they're oh, screaming God, in a waitress afterwards and not tipping her. Yeah, I don't blame her. Like, she's, she's like a homeless person what standing on the court do? saying, I'll work for tips. Yeah. <laughs> Tara, we love you, buddy. I'm glad that you're love out there. You. So much love. See you, buddy. Well, if it was the 54th person, I guess my 20% was off. We'd have to knock that down about uh, <laughs> what? Little less than two percent. Yeah, if you missed it, Terry called in yesterday and said he's going to do a social experiment at Walmart. Uh, pretend to be a guy down on his luck and he needed groceries and asked people to pay. He said ten dollars was thirteen and some change. Took fifty four people. A nice uh, older a woman uh, stepped up to the plate and knocked it out of the park. And Terry then bought her groceries and gave her money. Well done. I'll line two. Good morning. Merry Christmas, y'all. You too, buddy. Good stuff. All right, Rowdy. Aaron Charles Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, four-time MVP, Super Bowl winner, owner of the NFC North, just about year in and year out, not this year, and one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. He's going into Canton, Ohio. Uh, his bust, they're just going to work on what kind of hairstyle they want. Uh, over the weekend of The Athletic, Kaylin Collar is her name. She wrote an article uh, essentially talking about how Aaron Rodgers has all these hand signals that aren't written down. Uh, it's a difficult to work with him. All the receivers dreaded Saturdays for the hand signal test. Rodgers would revive hand signals that hadn't been played for years. And it was difficult for these receivers to learn the tricks of the trade and be on the same page as Aaron Rodgers. Am I missing anything in the article, Rowdy, about that? I don't know. I didn't read it. I well, only the, I don't pay for the athletic, but I got the blurbs. Well, that's about the gist of it. Yeah, a lot of people ran with it. Well, you saw the people running with it. What would you say that a lot of people had in common running with this story of trying to attack Rodgers over it? Well, I'd say the biggest thing that they all had in common was if you go on Twitter and follow them or see their tweets pretty much any given Sunday. When, yeah, Rodgers playing. It, they're finding ways to criticize Aaron Rodgers, even if it's one particular throw or one particular little tiny thing. Yeah, Rogers could go out there and cure cancer, and they would say, "Well, why didn't you do it soon enough? You're an asshole." Well, that's kind of what they do with Aaron Rodgers right now. There's their their brains have melted since 2020 over Aaron Rodgers, and it's kind of like Harvey Dent in The Dark Knight. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And right now, Aaron Rodgers, in the eyes of you know these low level. Betas is, he's the enemy. Why? Mostly because he's a free thinker and doesn't fall in line with their, you know, bootlicking ways. So Aaron Rodgers addressed this story, Rowdy, yesterday in the Pat McAfee show. And the author of this story did not care for it either. She was tweeting through it, I'll tell you that. In fact, uh, a couple people that liked uh, her tweet want pro football talk. <laughs> Mike Florio. He is the definition of beta. He is the definition of a Rodgers hater, yeah. and he's been a Rodgers hater for, like, forever. Yeah, well, I mean, Rodgers dominated the Vikings here and year out, besides this year. We'll see what happens coming up at uh, not the, Actually, not when this I game think on Sunday, of, but the game after. When I think of, like, somebody... And I picture them when, when you say Rodgers hater, actually Mike Florio is one of the first people that actually yeah. comes to mind. Totally. I also think of this, like, it's either Mike Florio... Or someone that's like very soft, like they're like, you know, they haven't put down a cheeseburger in probably years. Very soft, probably have never stepped touched grass. That's my also perception. So Aaron Rodgers talks on the story that was written about his his thirty different hand signals, how hard they are to learn, and how people you know have a hard time with it. Here you go. Here you go. It's literally one of the dumbest stories I've I've read since the Wall Street Journal story, which is saying a lot. Listen, every signal that's used in the game is probably used in practice that week. And there's hardly any signals that are ever, you know, there's not, it's not like there's that many signals. There's some signals in the two-minute. I think the entire season we've maybe missed one or two signals on the year for the entire season. So it's not, it's not hard at all. Like, the fact that this is made to be a story, like I said, is the most ridiculous nothing story that I've read the entire year. And that's saying a lot. 
oh, we have signals for our offense that we expect you guys to know. Oh, and then there was something about that it's not written or it's not, like, uh, stored anywhere. There's not a file. I don't know what that is. That's just complete no ridiculous. Trail. You don't have it in the cloud? Now, now, have there been certain coaches who are afraid to teach young guys signals who might not be on the roster later, you know, once, mm, once the strategy you know, happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that seems like a normal thing. But are the signals, you know, used uh, throughout training camp, throughout the, you know, preseason, throughout the week in practice? Yeah. Are they difficult? No. An absolute nothing story. <laughs> so uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, hilarious on it. Uh, the, the only people, and some of these people that were in the article were people that are no longer on the team. And Rodgers saying, do they, are coaches, some coaches afraid to teach some of these guys who won't be on the roster later in the year these signals? Yes. And why would that be? Because other teams are looking for advantages. Maybe they'll get that player on the roster to try and figure out what Rodgers is doing at the line. And a lot of the people that were cited in that article were also fringe players. Yes. Like St. Brown, I know he caught on with the Chicago Bears, but it wasn't for a lot of money. It's a guy that could be cut in season and the Bears wouldn't have blinked an eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, has Kylan Hill been picked up by anybody since he was released by the Green Bay Packers? I honestly don't even know. I do believe he's still a free agent. Case in point. <laughs> like the guy who has four MVPs, the greatest quarterback rating of all time, a Super Bowl, a prolific, going into the Hall of Fame immediately when he's eligible. He's the problem. Yes, he's the problem. Okay, yeah. I feel like there's so many things that you could come at Aaron Rodgers for for being the problem. Hand signals is not a very good one. Like, well, did you see what happened on Monday night against the Rams? He gave this hand signal to Christian Watson. He couldn't pick up on it. Like, That's you why could, he didn't catch. And Rodgers like, you need to run the correct routes if you want to catch touchdowns. You can nitpick line. Aaron Rodgers for a lot of things that he's done this year, like with the thumb or maybe some of his missed throws. Because, yeah, he, did, he has missed some throws. He hasn't played, like, the four-time MVP, the two-time reigning MVP he hasn't played that good, but again, he hasn't played that bad where it's like, man, this guy's washed. He needs to retire. You could, you could ding him for his thumb. And why was he trying to play through this thumb injury where he couldn't grip the football, especially earlier in the season? You could ding him for, yeah, maybe he hasn't played a, as a top five quarterback in the league this year. You could ding him as, you know, his facial expressions or body language. You could ding him for his lack of leadership, but the hand signals <laughs> come on i mean we went through this when we brought in ben kenny uh at nine o'clock yesterday morning and i asked him about playing baseball and said did you have signs on your baseball team he said yes did most of the kids that were good and played learn them he said yes and i go the ones that probably struggled were the ones that probably didn't play and he said yes this is the same thing yeah. it's just this is their job to learn them now. Yeah, but oh my God, he he, he brushes his hand a certain way. We got to chastise him. Or how it's, about- it's literally the same exact thing. And I think it was uh, our caller, Zach Washa, uh, the Maytag man. Maytag man that brought it up. He goes, it's basically like a hot route. Yeah, but instead of saying like, instead of calling out, uh, you know, Hawaii, Hawaii or, uh, you know, whatever for... Oh, no. uh, for whatever they want to call to change something, he does a hand signal instead of verbalizing it. Yeah. It's the same thing. Learn when I touch my elbow, you do this instead of when I say Hawaii. Yeah. Like this isn't hard. And then, well, he should be placating to these young wide receivers. Yeah. The 17, 18 year vet uh, who, again, I'll listen to his accolades again. Well, I'm not going to, but you know what I'm saying is going to change everything he's done for a guy who hasn't even had a cup of coffee in the league. And if you're, if you're like a high school football player and you're, you know, you're playing every Friday night, your playbook probably has like 20 or 25 plays in it, but you're a high school student. And most of you are probably not going to be playing (laughs) after your senior year. This is their job to know it. Yeah. They get paid to know it. Like, uh, very you handsomely. Need, you need to know it to do your job, and this is your job. This isn't hard stuff. It's hilarious, the article. Like, imagine just in, like, your own personal life. 
like, like for any example, job. You ask Terry about, do you tip your mechanic? Imagine if you were a mechanic <laughs> and you weren't exactly sure how to work on cars and what parts fit here and, and how exactly to fix everything when it came to a car. Yeah. I don't think you're going to be a mechanic for much longer. Well, how about our job, Rowdy? Imagine this actually happened to me. Now, this person doesn't work here. It's been a while since they've worked here. Uh, they They may or may not have worked in morning radio. Now, in morning radio, here's something you need to learn how to do. Turn your mic on. I was asked five minutes before their show was starting, and our show, how do I turn my mic on? And I said, you work in radio. You've worked in radio for a while. What do you mean, how do I turn my mic on? Brody, guess what? That person no longer works here. Also, if I was going to use a work scenario for us, I wouldn't even have thought to use the turn the mic on because I would have figured that that was so basic. I would have went with something like, imagine if you didn't know how to use Adobe Edition. <laughs> like the turning the mic on, that's like putting a helmet on. It, it's very easy. And that person, there's probably a sports writer equivalent in radio writing about how that person, it wasn't their fault. They didn't know how to turn the mic on. It's their boss's fault. I'd actually argue that it's harder to put a helmet on and make sure it fits correctly than turning the button on. It's very easy. It's it's extremely easy. There's a there's two buttons. One says on, and one is uh, below the on button. It's just a yellow button. It turns so it when, when off. the mic is off, it's on yellow. So right now, right now my mic is off. There's a button that says on. And then when you press on, your mic turns on, then the fader just goes up. Yeah. It's very easy. That's why I wouldn't even have thought about it for a work example. I would have went with the <laughs> Adobe Edition because it's actually something that you have to kind of learn. I'm like, what do you mean turn your mic on? <laughs> you work in radio. It's like... It's, it's, it's not even 101. Well, free agency underway, Major League Baseball, Hot Stove League. Brewers are colder than ever. Uh, they, you know, William Contreras. Also, who's the other player they got uh, after Contreras? Uh, guy from the Guardians. Uh, what the hell is his name again? Remember that guy? Oh, Owen Miller? Yeah, Owen Miller. Yeah, the, so the and Brewers doing a little bit, I guess. The Brewers have made trades. They have not signed yeah, anybody. Yeah, they haven't done anything for signing. In fact, over $3 billion have been spent since free agency opened, and only the Brewers and the Marlins are the only two teams to not spend any money. Disney gave every club $30 million as well. Now, Rowdy, we heard from... Um, uh, our guy Jocko from NBC 15 was talking about, you know, talking about the spread at Lambeau Field, you know, for the media members, they get, uh, what do you say, uh, stir fried chicken, you had prime rib, you got brats, all this stuff. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks always have a nice spread. The Wisconsin Badgers, they uh, have a nice spread, obviously. But there's one, one place that doesn't. It's the Milwaukee Brewers. In fact, they charge media members $10 to eat, which is so, it's so. actually pretty funny. It's hilarious. It's on brand. It is on brand, um, and this is just more evidence of Mark Adonazio, the Brewers' owner, just just collecting money and saying, yeah, we're broke. We can't really spend too much. I actually have live audio. One Brewers worker just sent me live audio of him opening up his bonus from the Milwaukee Brewers. Take a listen. This is a, a worker at for the Milwaukee Brewers who just received his bonus from Mark Adonazio. Take a listen. With with his family. Clark, what's wrong? Honey. It's bigger than you expected? Oh, Mark, you shouldn't have. Mark. Mark, you shouldn't have. Smaller? What is it? It's, it's, a, it's a one-year membership in the Jelly of the Month Club. Oh, God. Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. Oh, Mark, you're too kind. Mark and Anazi, you're too kind. The Jelly of the Month Club, you're too kind. You've dug deep in the pockets and you gave the Jelly of the Month Club. It's the gift, Rowdy, that keeps on giving all year. Thank you, Mark and Anazio. Now, Rowdy. We were just talking about Major League Baseball payroll. Uh, the last 10 winners, 
Six of them were top 10. One of them just outside at 11. And another one in the Strohs, right? They now look at their payrolls huge. And then the Royals were all built in the farm. Yeah, the majority of that Royals team, it was drafted, developed, and what basically what you have to do as a small market team. And then they kept those players, had a nice run, went back-to-back World Series, won one of them, and then most of those players were disbanded because they couldn't afford them. I mean, Brewer fans should know this. Lorenzo Cain, originally a Milwaukee Brewers prospect, traded to Kansas City yeah. for Zach Grinke. That was when they were in the midst of their quote-unquote rebuild, mm. when they were getting rid of all of the guys that uh, could play on the Royals team. Grinke comes over to the Brewers. Lorenzo Kane is added to their farm system. And then you had guys like Alex Gordon, Mike Moustakis, all of those, Alcides Escobar, another former Brewer farmhand and even major league player. Uh, you had all of those guys that were uh, kind of like the building blocks in Kansas City when they won the World Series. Yeah. So you look at this. I mean, what's what's this say to us, Rowdy? If you want to win the World Series, guess what? You got to open up your checkbook. Yeah, I'd say that if you want to win the World Series in the last 20 years, you are going to have to be in the top 12 in payroll outside of a couple seasons. Yeah. The Brewers have spent how much in free agency? Right now they've spent zero. <laughs> So currently the team's <laughs> payroll is sitting around 44 million and before you freak out that's because that's not taking into account the arbitration settlements. <clears throat> yeah. So like uh Corbin Burns made 6 million dollars last year and after his arbitration settlement sometime this winter he'll probably make like between 10 and 12 million so that'll raise that 44 million up to say uh, 50 million. Yeah. But the projections to all of the arbitration cases has the Milwaukee Brewers payroll sitting around 112 million, which is actually still about 20 million lighter than where it was last year. In the vision alone in the NL Central, everyone has spent money. That is $20 million a year lighter than where it was last year. <clears throat> After Disney paid every single big league team $30 million up front. Yeah. And we know that based on a lot of these guys' contracts, 2023 is probably the last year in this window with these set players that you would have an opportunity to really compete for the NL Central and for a World Series. And yet, they still haven't forked out any money. Zero monies. No monies. And any, if anything, right now they have cut their payroll by about $20 million. I'll say, I think Mark Ananasio's dream would be to somehow not to do the reverse of spending money. Like, say, save more money. Right? Like, isn't that... Hmm. If Mark Ananasio could spend, and this is the king said this, spend less than $0, that would be his dream. To spend less well, than $0. Well, in theory, he could spend less than $0. He, he, he could sell... He could sell off more players and really chop this payroll down. So, Rowdy, you had made something. Uh, he could. You had made a comment here that uh, earlier you in the know show. What it feels like they want. They want to be just good enough and just relevant here where they have big enough names to where if you look at their. I saw a wins projection the Milwaukee Brewers are projected to have the 13th most wins in Major League Baseball now there's 30 teams in Major League Baseball so they're a little above average yeah but that also was the seventh best projected win total in the NL you know what that means you're not in the postseason you're not so you had a nice winning year but you did not make the postseason, but I'm sure a lot of fans turned out and you'll be in the mix for the postseason down the stretch. Just enough to keep you coming back for a little Yeah, more. and if you could sneak in, you know, you get a little playoff series, a little playoff action. Yeah, just enough to, to keep you interested to the end for the inevitable disappointment. And I would argue that that is, that is one of the worst places to be in baseball because you either you either want to be a contender a true contender like the brewers were in 2011 or a true contender like the brewers were in 2021 or even how the year finished 2018 clearly they ended up being true contenders yeah 
You want to be there than being like what they were last year. A team that was pretty good, had a winning record, but just missed the postseason. Or even if you did make the postseason like in 2019, but you really didn't have a shot at winning a series. That's the worst place to be. No man's land. Because now you're cu- you're you're carrying. Well, a, is it the worst place to be for who though? For Mark Adonazio? For, for the team to win. For Mark? Oh no, it's the best place for him to be. Yeah, he's going to maximize his profits with people still showing up to the game because they're competitive. If he's if they make the postseason, that's a bonus. So the it'd be the worst for the fans and the team itself. Yeah, because if you continue to be a fringe playoff team or you know a five seed, a six seed, maybe even a four seed into the major league baseball playoffs. You're probably not going to go very far, but you're going to get to be able to celebrate that. You made a postseason. I'm sorry, but I feel like we've passed the 2008 season, right? That's when we celebrated making the playoffs, right? With Mm -hmm. CC Sabathia. Mm -hmm. Now, some people would say, Oh, but would you really have traded CC Sabathia and you got rid of all those prospects and Michael Brantley could have been a Milwaukee brewer for a decade. Yeah, I would have done the trade all over again. We saw an incredible, oh, it was amazing, incredible three months from CC Sabathia. I'll never forget it. Which was arguably the best three months of his Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame career. And we finally, as an organization, the Milwaukee Brewers made the playoffs for like the first time in like thirty years. Yeah, it's worth it. Now, do we take that exact same approach? In 2022, after they brag about making it in 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, that four years in a row. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what happened? You didn't hear 2022 on that list. <laughs> no, you did not. You because missed. you didn't make it. You sold, you sold, in fact. But they kept it interesting enough for people to, to still, you know, check in, check out. But remember the end of that season, how pissed off people were? Yeah. you were. We were talking about how... They would say, oh, we pulled 23,000 people into the into the ballpark tonight. And then when you watch it on the TV, it's like, um, it looks like there's 10,000 well, people Well, it's, it's tickets sold. Tickets sold. Well, people weren't showing up the last month of the season, and they shouldn't have. And the other big thing is, if you really want to compete, if Mark Ananasio and David Stearns came up with this plan last season where they decided to trade Josh Hader, in my opinion, you look at it, Last season and this upcoming season were the two years to really go all in and really try and win a World Series. That's when you still had Woodruff. You still have Burns. You still had Hayter. You still had all these uh, Adamas. You still have all these guys really relatively cheap for their market value. That was the two years. 2022 and 2023 were the two years to really go all in. And then you sell everything after 2023. Yeah, they pulled the rug off from under you and said, oh, sorry. And you enter your rebuild where you, you trade all those guys for prospects and you ink up who you can ink up. That's basically like choosing, hey, we can ink up Woodruff or we can ink up Burns. They already told you they didn't want to ink up Josh Hader for the money. Yeah. They traded him. I, at this point. If they're not going to go in and make some crazy trades that are going to come out of left field that are really going to improve this roster, even crazier than the Wilson Contreras trade, or sorry, the William Contreras trade. But I'm talking about bringing like a big time uh, all star type player onto this roster or going out and paying for multiple solid players that could be maybe fringe all star players if they had good seasons. Mm -hmm. I'm saying. Sell it off right now. The go, team? Go into the re not the team. Sell <laughs> off the players right now. Go into the rebuild early because you already pissed on the fans last year. I think Vegas is looking selling. for a baseball team. Seriously though. Like sell off Just the commit to the rebuild. Now, get as Committed. much as you can and actually commit to a legit rebuild. Who'll be the first one off? Corbin Burns? Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Adrian Hauser, Adamus? Eric Lauer, Willie Adamas. Just, all just all burn of those it down. guys could be fire sold. Burn it down and commit to the rebuild. Instead, uh, Mark Adonazio is going to be right where they like him, in no man's land. Exactly. Just good enough to maybe make the playoffs or better and keep for, you interested. Yeah, and 15 or better in attendance, keep you coming in. And, well, I'm, listen, I love partying in the parking lot. It's great. It's fun. It's fantastic. Yeah, but we're past that. But eventually, yeah, eventually you got you to gotta put out a World Series contender. And, again, this is, this is not like I'm asking for them to go and spend $200-plus million dollars on the salary on their payroll every single year. I'm talking about when you're actually in 
this little window of winning with these players, with how good your pitching staff is, just for like two years. Just go, to see what it does. Go all in for like two years at the end of this window because we know you're going to sell and you're going to chop this payroll practically in half. I, if they did this right, if they did this right and they bought in and they had a salary between, we'll say a hundred, a, a payroll between 150 and 175 million, and, and Milwaukee really pushed all their chips into the middle and they didn't win in 2022 and they didn't win in 2023. I can understand it. They tried, but then you know what we better be doing for 2024. That payroll better be like $50 million. There's no effing reason to keep it around a hundred, <laughs> 120, 130, because you're just not bad enough where you're not getting the draft picks. You're not getting all of the uh, different slots mm-hmm. with international signings and all that <clears throat> other BS strip it down. If you're going to do it, strip it down. Don't, don't hold us in purgatory. Mark, Adonazio is like the owner of a strip club. He wants you coming in. He wants you to think you're going to find love. At the end of the day, they're just going to take your money and then kick you out the door. Mark, just let us find love in the club once. Let us find love in the club just once. 